Hey guys and girls, this is Chad with the Mercenary Musician Podcast. Just want to let you know what we're going to be talking about today, and that's dealing with the unexpected. We're going to be covering anything from technical difficulties, double booking, tough crowds, the weather, what happens when you're forgetting gear, micro savings financially, dealing with injuries, and even traffic. Check us out. Here we go. Welcome, folks, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Mercenary Musician Podcast. I'm Chad. I'm Peter. And today, we're going to be discussing how to deal with the unexpected. Yes. The unexpected, or as I like to call it, the fun-expected. Thank you for uh, allowing me that. (laughs) Those jokes are more for me than you. Um, yeah, this is just going to happen. It's just kind of something that happens every, everywhere in life. What is the, uh, there's a saying that goes, you need to just get comfortable with being uncomfortable because you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. You take your little telescope that we always use, you zoom all the way out. That's how life is. Zoom all the way in. That's how today is. Um, so really the big, important, broad point of this dealing with the unexpected is being prepared for a wide variety of things that could go wrong. And uh, as you gain experience, you'll start to have more more and more things go wrong that you weren't expecting. And then the next time you will know that that's at least a possibility, however remote. <clears throat> so for instance, having backup gear, just as, as an example, uh, being prepared for a variety of technical difficulty type scenarios where you got backup strings, you got backup picks, you got nine volt batteries, um, that type of thing. Having your gear, power cords, power cords, definitely having at least one spare power cord is great. Having a spare, spare mic is a good idea. Cables. Yes. Spare cables. Yeah. Those printer cables are terrible. Yeah. Well, you don't use printer cables at solo gigs so much, but yes, we use them here for, uh, hooking the mixer up to a computer to do our recording. Spare cables are always good. You know, just, we don't need to get too into the nuts and bolts. It's a broad idea, right? You just want to remain as prepared as you possibly can without, you know, having everything in the kitchen sink with you. But you want to have the stuff that is relatively likely to go wrong covered. Strings, you should have backup strings. You should have, and you should be prepared to change them quickly Mm -hmm. at a gig in, in your break. Yeah. So be ready for not just technical difficulties, but ready for, again, this is the broad point, right? The importance of being prepared for a variety of scenarios. Things could unexpectedly happen, right? You got technical difficulties. You got booking issues. You've got issues with the audience, with the crowd, with a difficult person in the crowd. Um, The weather can go wrong on you. Gear that you left somewhere or is broken, kind of related to technical difficulties. Changes in management on a, on a broader topic. I've got a gig right now where I was booked for the next like eight months there and they had a change in management that might change the status of that. You want to be ready for that, for something like that to happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't need to be afraid, you know, don't live in fear about things, but just be ready for the idea that stuff can change on you at a moment's notice. I mean, you know, I know this has been kicked to death, this this topic, but... You know, the pandemic is a great example of that. It was completely unexpected. It changed the year, changed the next decade. It changed a lot of people's lives. And, you know, you couldn't have really been perfectly ready for that if you 
would have been perfectly ready for that. You would have made a billion dollars in the stock market, you know, but you know, so you can't be perfectly ready for it, but you can be more or less prepared. You can be ready for a wide variety of scenarios. I think the ultimate version of being prepared for a wide variety of scenarios is having that sweet, sweet cash, baby savings. That's the really big macro view here of dealing with the unexpected and the, and the big picture is having enough money to survive if things go really, really wrong for however long. That was one thing that kept me solvent and let me continue to be a musician and think of myself as a musician even through that entire lockdown was got plenty of savings. I don't need to do anything right now. I can sit tight and be a musician who doesn't happen to work for the next six months. That is something I can do. I don't have to immediately go, oh, shit. What? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do I become a nurse? You know? (laughs) Um or what have you, you know, I, that's, that's the big picture of dealing with the unexpected. Be prepared. The, one of the most fundamental versions of being prepared is having savings, having money saved up. Um, so you don't have to fucking sell your house to continue surviving. It's good to, uh, it's good to think about your savings rate. What are you making per week? What, uh, are you saving per week or per month for both of those numbers? If you have not made the transition yet to full-time music, whatever you're doing right now, save your money. You should. I think a good rule of thumb is, if you can do it, six months in savings, six months worth of, of living, right? Saved up so that there will be ups and downs when you're, when you're getting started here. You, you'll start out making 200 bucks a week, 300 bucks a week, 500 bucks a week. I want you to be able to stick with it and not get beat all the way down to zero. That's when... There's, there's no losing except quitting, right? The only way you lose at this is by giving up. And one of the most common ways to give up is running out of money. Save. Take the job that you currently have. What I did was I waited tables. And I lived with my mom. And I spent a year doing that. And I saved up ten grand. And that was my plan. And then I started... And then I moved out of my mom's place. I rented a place. I had $300 a week in gigs coming in. And I was like, well... My rent is 600 bucks a month or rent and utilities was like 650 or seven. I was splitting it with a girlfriend at the time. Okay, I'm making 300 bucks a week. It's I'm spending half my month's pay on just the rent. Spend another week's pay on food. Okay, I mean, I could do this. I, I, if you still, if you don't like spend any on yourself with the, with that budget, you're still putting 300, you're still saving 300 bucks. So let's yeah. say you spend half of it on fun. You're still saving 150 bucks a month. I mean, that's not the end of the world, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're starting out with even just a $300 work week, you're, if you're in a relatively cheap place and you are in a good living situation, you can you can still save money with that amount of work as long as you keep your expenses very, very low. But it will feel a lot better having ten grand in savings underneath that. Yep. In case you lose one of those gigs and now you're making 150 bucks a week or 200 bucks a week or whatever. What happens if you injure your hand and you or can't play? That's that's a different story for sure. That's that should go on this list. We don't have that on here. Injuries, dealing with the unexpected. That is something that I have not totally addressed yet, actually. I've been thinking about this, getting some sort of disability insurance. And I know that it's doable. I looked into it once and it was prohibitively expensive the way that I, whatever I had looked into. But I I think that I just didn't exhaust all the resources. So we'll do, I'll come back to this on a different episode. But uh, you should have some kind of insurance. You should definitely have health insurance. Uh, as far as disability insurance, I know that my girlfriend is a professional photographer, owns her own business, and she has disability insurance, which is she says is relatively uh, affordable. I have something kind of like this where I get some number of, some amount of money for, it's like a, 
some kind of insurance warranty thing. I'm not honestly this is this is a weak point of mine. Insurance is I hate it, <laughs> but it's necessary, and I'm looking into disability insurance, and we'll get back to you on that. It's a interesting topic there. I didn't even think was going to come out, but it just kind of. So I think you do it based on your income. So you say like, hey, I'm. I do this kind of work, you know, it's not manual labor, it's not, it doesn't seem like a high risk for injury. I've been doing it six years, I haven't been injured. I'm doing this kind of work, I make this amount of money, so this is what I would need to be replaced if I was not able to work. Um, what does that cost? And uh, we'll, we'll have to get back to that because I have to do some research on it. All right, so zooming, zooming around here, we've covered the kind of macro idea, the importance of being prepared for a variety of scenarios, saving your money, the big macro skill that will smooth out a lot of bumps. Let's get into some nuts and bolts here. So technical difficulties. Let's say you have a piece of gear that breaks. Hopefully you have a backup piece. And so you want to have the you want to have your kit. It should be just like a little tool bag, right? You know, 8 inches by 12 or 16 inches or something like that. You know, kind of a rectangular bag mm-hmm. is what I have. Um, filled with cables. I've got everything I need plus one, basically. Um, the, only, the only things I don't really have backups of, like with me at gigs are my guitar, my mixer, and my speaker. So some people might think, oh, that's crazy. You should have backups of those things. I just really haven't had them break. Uh, I've, I've been doing this for six years. I haven't had any of those things ever break on me. So I'm trying to think of a scenario where that would happen that doesn't include water or rain. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> I carry a tarp with me. There's another dealing with the unexpected. That's a thing you should have in your car. I keep a tarp. Um, be ready if you're playing outside have a plan for, we're kind of switching around to weather here from technical difficulties, but they can be related. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in Florida and you're playing outside in the summertime in the afternoon. and you don't have a plan for what happens when it rains, you are asking for trouble. It can rain on you out of nowhere and you should be ready to roll. Um, I like to keep a tarp with me for that type of scenario. Um, I play under an awning at a gig outside, but it's not under an awning enough to totally save me from rain if it starts really pouring. So I'm ready. I'm looking at clouds. I'm seeing it. I'll stop. I'll pull up in the middle of a song. If it starts raining, I'll say, hey, excuse me, folks. Uh, it's not really time for a break yet, but I need to move some stuff here because I might be getting wet. Mm-hmm. And people don't, you know, they don't care. They're not going to, it's not going to bother them. Um, so it might make sense on your breaks when you're playing outside to check the weather app. It makes sense to check the weather app. Absolutely. Um, speaking of dealing with the unexpected, as far as weather goes, uh, if you're playing an outdoor gig, especially if it's a kind of higher paying one-off type of gig and not like a weekly thing where you kind of have an uh, understanding with the, with a venue, if it's like a one-off gig, um, you should have, you should probably have a contract. Like if it's a wedding or something, uh, outdoor wedding, for instance, and the weather puts the kibosh on the whole thing, you should have something in the contract that says, look, if it gets canceled for weather on the day of, I still get paid half. Something like that. Um, that way you are covered and you're not just booking something a year in advance and having it rain and not get paid for it at all. Contingency plan. Yeah. Um, so that's a kind of related to weather there. Here's one thing I'm thinking of. Uh-huh. Just because maybe you guys have this, maybe you don't. I have very sensitive eyes. So if I was playing an outside gig and say I was positioned looking into the sun... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do it without sunglasses. Yeah, that's a good good thought. Something you might overthink. It, and it's just, 
Uh, Overlook, yeah. Overlook, it's, excuse me, yeah. That's okay. It's just, a, yeah, it's a, that seems like a little thing, and that's something that will happen to you once, you know? And it, there are tons of those things like that. That's kind of another big macro idea here is learn a lesson once, all right? Let the thing happen to you, and let that be the only time it happens to you because you're prepared for it next time. Yep. Something similar to that that happened to me early was I didn't have a power cable. I, I was one power cable short. They're like printer power cables that we use for mixers and speakers. They all have the same kind of like look. You'll know what I'm talking about if you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> the And I, I just I forgot one. And I called my I had to call my mom. I was like, I was set up. I had five minutes left or ten minutes left. And I was like, Mom, please grab a power cable and bring it to my gig, please. And, you know. Luckily, my mom is kind of like a nine to five person. It was a 6 p.m. gig. And she's like, OK, cool. I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just I was just getting started. This is my first year. I was a power cable short. I have not been a power cable short ever since then. Ever, never, ever, ever, ever. Not once because it was so hectic, stressful, embarrassing. I just never did it again. Now I have all the power cables I need plus one yeah. in my bag every time. And those things never break, by the way. They're like, I've never had one break. Those are cables that you can just wrap as rough as you want. Just wrap them around your hand, toss it, toss it in the bag. Uh, instrument cables you need to be a lot more sensitive with. But Yeah, and there is a method to wrapping those correctly yes. to prolong their, their lifetime. Lifespan. Yeah, we'll have a whole video about gear care. Video. Yes, uh, yes we'll do some video of that. Beautiful. you got to have a video for that. Okay, so yes, be prepared and learn from your mistakes. That's simple enough, right? You forget a piece of gear or you have a piece of gear break on you and you don't have a backup, learn that just the one time, all right? And in the meantime, just look through your gear, set everything up, right? See how everything looks set up and then look at what your bag looks like. And then if there is nothing left in your bag when you're all set up, then you don't have enough backup gear. Mm -hmm. You should have your bag open with all your stuff set up and there should be, oh, look, here's an extra power cable. Here's an extra instrument cable. Here's an extra power supply for my pedal. Here's an extra whatever, you know. Here's an extra microphone. You should have an extra microphone. Although, again, that's another piece of gear that has, like, never... The SM58 mics are, like... You should probably throw that thing against a brick wall and it'll be okay. But uh, I have an extra one, just in case. Um, and they're small. That's kind of another thing. There's a trade-off here between small, big type stuff and expensive. Uh, there's a trade-off, Right. The reason I don't have an extra $600 fucking speaker in my car is because it's an extra $600 speaker. The reason I don't have an extra $200 mixer in my car is partly because it's big, partly because it's 200 bucks, mm-hmm. And also, this interacts with the fact that these things have never broken on me. If they break on me once, I mean, it'll be the first time in six years. Maybe it'll be a different story, but I've never had the speaker break on me. I've never had my mixer break on me. Guitar, I have had a technical issue with before. But if a guitar gives you a technical issue, it's again, you kind of run into the same thing with like, okay, there's a $500 piece and it's huge. So well, how am I going to bring a backup? Some people might disagree with me here and bring a backup guitar. I don't think so. If it really comes down to it, a lot of times you can get to a guitar store. You can get to a guitar center, pick up a guitar for the night, return it the next day, and or I mean, maybe keep it if your guitar is broken. Or, you know, the, I think guitar center has a really good return policy. I think you can return stuff within 30 days as long as it's not fucked up and get your money back. Yes, guitar, I don't, I'd say the three big things I don't have backups for, guitar, mixer, and speaker. Uh, I do have a backup mic stand. Mic stands fucking break all the fucking time. I hate those things. Why do you think that is? I just don't think anybody makes a really good one. I I actually, I I take that back. The one that I have right now is, uh, the one that I have right now has lasted me a long time. It's kind of starting to fall apart, 
But it's been a couple of years. Well, maybe part of that is because I took six months off from the pandemic. But um, it's kind of starting to fall apart. Fucking mic stands, I swear. If somebody could just make a mic stand that I knew would last my whole life, I would pay them 250 bucks for it. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Look forward to the mercenary mic stand coming 2022. <laughs> yeah, exactly. $250 price That's tag. That's exactly right. $249.99.99. Okay, so yeah. Have backup stuff. Again, if you set up all your equipment and you look in your gear bag and there's nothing left in there, you're using every piece of equipment you have, you do not have enough backup stuff. Cables, or really cables are the most important thing. Um, cables will go bad the most. Not cables and strings and guitar picks. If you need a guitar pick, I was say, that would be the- put guitar picks in your bag. I leave guitar picks everywhere. I just leave guitar picks in my pockets. I leave guitar picks in my car. I leave guitar picks in my gig bag. I leave guitar picks in my... Um, in my guitar case, I leave guitar picks everywhere in my wallet. Yeah. In my phone case. Right. Exactly. I just, I just put them in places where they're going to be. If I look around, I'm like, shit. Yeah. And I need a guitar you, pick. Oh, here's one. It's it, in my tip jar. I, leave, I put some in my tip jar. Yeah. You know, I just leave them everywhere and just, it's just better that way. Just keep the, and, and that's, again, we get back to the cost thing. Those are so fucking cheap along mm-hmm. with strings or like compared to your other gear yep. and they break so often and you lose them so often you should just have a million of them around because they're cheap and then you lose them often. Guitar Center actually offers a monthly string club where it's like you pay, I think, nine ninety nine. You get, a, I think, up to a pack or two of Ernie Ball strings or your selection of whatever strings you need. If, okay. if you're, that could work. If you're doing this on a regular basis and you're seeing that you're constantly breaking strings. Yeah. That could work. I don't change strings very often, honestly. I, I play a nylon string guitar and uh, I take it pretty easy on the guitar. Um, as part of my technical skill I'm trying to develop, which is... You should be taking it easy on your guitar. You shouldn't be playing the shit out of it. Um, anyway, that's more of a technique thing. But uh, I don't really break strings that much. I uh, well, I like I, I really I wear them into the ground before I break them. They just like start sounding yeah, they go dull. dead. Yeah. Okay. So where are we now? That was um, technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. We did weather a little bit. Missing gear. We kind of addressed. It's really related to technical difficulties. It's forgetting something at home. Mm-hmm. You should be first of all. You should be prepared to not forget shit. Do your dummy check at every gig when you're cleared off the stage. Do a dummy check. Look at your area. Make sure you got everything. And make sure you've reset the space, too. Don't leave it to a, a server or bartender. This is not quite on the topic of dealing with the unexpected, but don't leave it to a server or bartender to clean up after you. Yeah, no. Reset your space. Throw your bottles away. Throw your... Bring your... Leave it better than you found it. Leave it nice and neat. Put the table back. If you, if you moved a table, don't leave it to somebody else to do. Um, and yeah, do the dummy check so that you're not leaving shit everywhere. You're a uh, man. You get, you'll get this feeling. If you, if you don't do dummy checks, you will leave shit and you should do it before you leave your house too. You should do it before you leave your house. That's exactly right. I actually have a checklist in my mind. Every time I get in my car, the only thing I really pull out of my car because I live in a very safe neighborhood. The only thing I really pull out of my car is my guitar because I don't want to leave it in my humid outdoor mm-hmm. carport area. Um, if you have a garage, that'd be ideal because then you're really safe. But I have a carport. I just kind of trust the neighborhood and nobody's ever fucked with it. Um, but my speaker, my mixer, my hand cart, my gig bag, my mic stands, my lights, my speaker stand, all that stays in the car. Um, sometimes if I'm feeling weird about it, I'll put my moving blanket over it. I keep a moving blanket in my car too. But I get in my car. I have six things. My checklist is six things long, right? And I know that they're all in the car every time I get in. It's speaker, mixer, gig bag, stands, guitar, tip jar. I think I got everything. Yeah. Tarp's so, always in there, right? Tarp is always in there, yeah. 
so those I've got that, that little kind of mental checklist. If I have those six things, I can do this gig. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I just make sure they're in the car before I before I go. Uh, oh, also the tip jar always comes in in and out with me because I pull the money out in my room and count it up. So yeah, and I've got a I've got a system, you know. I I pick up my tip jar from my bedroom, walk out into the living room, I make sure. I got my guitar and I've got my two things that come in and out with me. Those are the only two things that ever come in and out with me. And I bring them into the car. And then I go one, two, three, four, five, six tip jars in the front seat with me. And then I drive. Cool. That's it. Yes. So there you have it. Dealing with the unexpected. I want to throw another thing in here. Traffic. If you were the, the unexpected starts to dwindle away with more and more reps on a gig. So I've got this gig that is every Sunday. I've got these brunch gigs that are Saturday and Sunday morning, every Saturday and Sunday morning, 11 to 3. So the first time I went to these gigs, I showed up an hour early. That's my rule of thumb. If it's my first time or my first even month working with a gig, I show up an hour early because I don't know what the setup situation is. I don't know how traffic is. I don't know what the parking situation is. I don't know who I'm supposed to even be talking to. I don't know who my contact, sometimes, I mean, you should know your contact, but I don't know what they look like. A lot of times I haven't actually been there before. All this stuff I don't know, that's leaves more room for the unexpected to pop up and fuck your day up. So first time I show up an hour early, this kind of goes right along with your meta skill of being prepared. Give yourself more time for things to go wrong on those first few gigs. Show up an hour early. Now, uh, and also it'll keep your, booking person less worried if you show up an hour early the first day they're like oh cool this guy's responsible if you show up 15 minutes in advance even if you know you can get set up in nine minutes showing up 15 minutes in advance especially with no call it looks bad first of all and you know it stresses somebody out who is trying to work with you so first gig show up an hour early at least i mean show up an hour and 10 minutes early even much earlier than that and you look i think you look a little amateurish like it looks like you don't know like why would you show up an hour and a half two hours early to a gig that's it's it's over the top the it's only, unnecessary the only time i could see that working out is if it was a long distance gig yeah that you know, that could make more sense yeah just to be safe you don't really know mm-hmm. what uh what you're gonna yeah but i, I t- to me if, if i see somebody showing up if i see somebody setting up at a gig at like three and the sign on the restaurant says music five thirty to eight thirty. I'm like, well, these guys. This I don't is like think they would permit I, you to I, set up. They might. I mean, they, yeah, they might. They might. It depends, especially if there's a stage dedicated to it. But like, they they may not. You're right. But they they may, and it just looks to me like okay, this is the only gig this guy has this month. It just looks like a hobbyist who's super excited to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with being excited to be there. You should be, but. It just looks like amateur stuff to me. Yep. Uh, maybe that's just, maybe I'm being unfair, but no, no, when no, I no. see somebody setting up two hours early, I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not going to get to see this show because <laughs> this guy's... Well, I'm just, telling you, I wouldn't have him know. set up. Yeah. You know, I yeah. wouldn't have I mean, him set up. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I don't think it looks... Stage is different. Yeah. Stage if is it guys, different. And I mean, I, don't get me wrong too. I've, I've been on tour before with an original band and you show up sometimes eight hours early for a sound check before anybody's at the, you know... Yeah, you get the sound check. A little yeah. different, yeah. a little different dynamics there. But if you're doing these bar gigs, an hour early is plenty. I mean, once you get good at this, you'll be able to. I can set my gear up in nine minutes. That's my record. I can get my gear into a building and set up in nine minutes. When you're at home, you just time yourself. That's right. No, I'm, no, I just like, folks. I just slowly have like gotten so I know exactly the order stuff goes in. I know exactly what I'm doing. It just 
I just get it. I can get it done fast. And so with these gigs, um, the unexpected is much less likely to appear with these Sunday gigs um, and the Saturday brunch gig because I have done them every week forever. The people there know me. They know even if I show up at 1045, I'm going to be started by 11, sometimes 11. Oh, okay, sometimes 11.05 if I show up that late. Yeah, but you'll, which I, you'll make a comment, have fun with it or something. I'll make a comment, have fun with it, and they know I'm showing up yeah. if I, you know, and – uh, don't point, you don't want to start five minutes late don't let me don't let that be a habit it's not a habit for me i don't let me imply that either but you know they know i'm gonna show up i don't have to and i know i can get set up in nine minutes if i if i have to so if some emergency is happening in the morning i can uh, i gotta walk my dog my girlfriend can't walk my dog today i gotta walk the dog real quick before i go to work oh shit i forgot about that oh i gotta put gas in my car i should have done that Again, be prepared. You should have your car filled up enough. Flat tire. Yeah, flat tire. I mean, you, just never you know, know. That's, that's another just life skill. Be prepared to change your own tire and be prepared to make a phone call that explains what happened. And, you know, be prepared for these things. Just kind of think through them. What's the worst that could happen? Do your, uh, it's another Tim Ferriss thing, fear setting. What is the absolute worst that could happen here? And it's, okay, it's a little different point. His fear setting is a little diff- different thing. But, that's all right. Um, but it's the same idea. What is it? Go through your absolute worst case scenario, and then what? What could you do? Yeah, there's stuff you could do. Preventative measures. Yeah, I want to take a quick moment and remind you guys: you are in fact listening to the Mercenary Musician Podcast. Yes, you are. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Audible. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like and subscribe, please. Please. We got some uh, some reviews on there. We got a couple five star reviews. Yeah, five five star reviews as of today. It feels good, man. Thanks for thanks for commenting. We really appreciate that. It helps a lot. We're just getting started here, so you know, keep rolling with us. I'm having fun with this. We're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, I know that we do appreciate you, and we know that this wouldn't be possible without you. So we do. Thank you. We do, and that's true. And thank you. Now back to it. Back to it. Let's talk about uh, the venue itself. Okay. Yeah, unexpected stuff here, right? So we got. The possibility of double bookings, which it's it's gonna happen to you. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen to you within the first six months, then that's surprising. Whether it's your fault or the venue's fault, it will be unexpected because if you were expecting it, then you wouldn't have fucked it up. It wouldn't have been a double booking, right? <clears throat> so, when this appears, first thing you want to do is figure out what happened here, what went wrong, what's going on. Well. Yeah, so you should look through your text message. This goes goes along exactly because you'll have it if you've been listening. If you've been listening, you'll have a text message of what the gig was, right? Um, You'll be able to say, "Oh, I messed this up. Oops," or "Oh, you messed this up. Oops on you." (laughs) I would say, kind of use your. uh, There's sort of a rule of thumb where it's like whoever's set up first, kind of keeps the gig. It depends a little bit. If I were a solo guy and a and a band came in and I was getting set up first. I would still leave. I would still say, okay, I'll handle this with the bar. If it's your fault, obviously it's not your gig. Sorry, you fucked this up, you know. So that's obviously just a non-issue. But be prepared for this stuff. Be ready. If it's their fault, what are you going to do? It's a – I don't know if anybody here has ever played baseball. I love my baseball metaphors and analogies. In baseball, you're out in the field. You're always thinking – what am I going to do if this? What am I going to do if that? What am I going to do if this other thing? You're thinking, okay, there's a guy in first base. I'm in the outfield. If they hit a pop fly, I need to obviously first catch it in the air and then look to first base to see if the guy tagged up. Yeah, it's okay. another form so, of situational awareness. Yeah, so you're just thinking about what you do. Okay, if a grounder gets hit to me in the outfield, there's a guy in first. 
if I can gun him down at second, I'm going to go for that. If I can't, I'm going to try to get it down to first. If I can't get either of them and it's just a base hit, I'm going to throw it to third to cut him off or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'm not a great baseball player, but that's like the idea, yeah. right? Yeah. What what do I do if this, right? So if there's a double booking and it's their fault, what do you do? If there's a double booking and it's my fault, what do you do? If there's a double booking and there's another solo musician who's already set up, what do I do? What if it's his fault? What do I do? How do I discern that, right? And that's, so, well, that's why showing up an hour early is so crucial as that, well. Especially with a venue you're not super familiar with. Now, my Sunday evening gig, I don't ever have to fucking worry about my Sunday evening gig getting double booked. They do, they do the set it and forget it thing. That's my Sunday night. Peter Coulter is there Sunday from 6 to 10. Yeah. That's the gig. Rain or shine. That's right. And seriously. Like, I sit out there by yeah. myself in the rain under a tiki hut. Oh, we know. Yeah, I've done it before. Especially during summer. It's just part of the thing. So, yeah, double bookings, that's a, a thing that can unexpectedly happen. It should happen less and less on your end as you get more experience with this. It will still happen on the other end a lot of times. It will just still happen. A lot of times you're booking with people who, whose full-time job is managing a restaurant. It's, yeah, not, it's booking not booking you. Exactly. You're just like their 10th job, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes things happen like that. And, and usually it's booked kind of weeks in advance as well. So yeah. a lot can happen over those over that period of time. Yep. 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 Especially when you have so many different things coming at you on a regular basis, it's easy to get lost in all of that. It is. Chad is speaking from the experience of a person who booked for bars and restaurants. Yep. I will say this. Again, you can you can reduce the likelihood of these unexpected things happening to you even if they're someone else's fault. You can reduce the likelihood of somebody else double booking you by confirming stuff, confirming it again. Yep. Communication. Maybe not confirming it a third time, but confirming it twice, right? Confirm it, say, hey, I'm going to text you about this. Boom, the gig, September 14th, Friday at 530 to 8.30. This is Peter Coulter. Looking forward to it. I'll be there an hour early. Thanks. Uh, at, at, at the rate. Put the rate in there, too, for 300 bucks or whatever. And they'll say, yep, confirmed. Or if they don't say anything, then nudge them in an hour and say, hey, just want to make sure you've confirmed this and we're good on this and this should, is in the books. Should you retext or should you call after that? I'd say retext one more time, and if they don't respond to that, then call. Okay. How far along thereafter? I'd wait an hour, two hours maybe. Maybe same, a little longer. Same day as An hour might be... Oh, no, no. I'm saying when you book the thing, you should text. Oh, yeah. At, yeah, the, yeah. at the time of booking. And then say, hey, are we confirmed? And then just make sure they confirm it. But like 20, 48 and, to 24 hours prior, you would send another... Oh, I you know, I don't really do... If it's something that I that is a first-time yes. gig, I will do that. Yeah, I'll do it in advance. Uh, maybe more than 24 or 48 hours in advance. A few days in advance. Oh. Hey, just making sure... We're on the same page. I'm going to be there, blah, blah, blah. Um, you could do it the day of. Sometimes I do it the day of. I, I don't really have a firm system for this, actually, now that you mention it. Which So I would suggest at least 24 hours beforehand. Okay. Coming from the other side. Okay. Yeah. At least 24, so like 24 to 48? Yeah. That makes sense to but me. I wouldn't do anything further than that. Like nothing more than two days out. Yeah. Because a lot. Because then there's other shit going on. Yeah. yeah they're just like, what? You're talking both parties. Three days? I'm managing a fucking restaurant over here, dude. At least 24 hours, they're already more than likely. Right. They're thinking of the next day as well. Right. You know, that's just kind of how yeah. you do it. Okay. So, yes, we're the main topic again. I just like to keep hitting this so we don't lose sight. Dealing with the unexpected. In this case, we're talking about double bookings, which could be your fault, could be the venue's fault, could be the other musician's fault. Be ready for all of those possibilities. And what are you going to do in each one? Like I mentioned in a previous podcast, if it's the venue's fault, you got to get money. You got to stand your ground and, and you got to say, uh, hey, yeah, I, uh, it's okay. It happens to everybody. You know, the, sh- hopefully they'll be admitting their fault if it's their fault. 
If they're not, then you got screenshots of the conversation that shows that they booked you on this day and yep. that you're here. And I mean, it, you never want it to get to that point where you're like, hey, look, I have proof, idiot. You know, hopefully they're just like, ah, shit, this is my fault. Usually. Yeah. yeah and never use those terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a dick. But, um, you know, in in I think every case, I can't think of a case where it didn't happen this way. I showed up. The thing was double booked. I asked for half pay because I booked a Friday night around this and they'll, they're okay with it. So Almost half always. pay is. I think half pay to me. I, I mean, I think I just invented that out of my, I like it. Uh, it works. Yeah. It makes sense to people. I've never had anyone be like, Oh, what? I, I think it's a little much to insist you pay full price for me to not play. Yeah. I'll take the night off you know, for half pay. Fine. Yeah. It doesn't seem that bad to me. And maybe, maybe that, I, I think some people out there might think that's a little pushovery, but I don't think so. You know, I think half pay for not doing anything is fine or it's not uh, well, often. It's not, do, not, not doing anything. It is driving a round trip to some place and finding out you're not playing. So there is that, but you're not gigging. You're not actually playing the gig. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, if you got a 253 hour gig, you got a 40 minute drive each way. It's an hour and 20 minutes to make 125 bucks. Just driving, mm-hmm. listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'll take it. What podcast? And you, <laughs> of course, the Mercenary Musician Podcast. I listen to myself all the time. You're hearing it live here with us today. Yeah, like, subscribe, please. Like, subscribe, please. Please. <laughs> please. So, let's, another thing that can change with the venue, and this is something I know about, is the management. Yeah, this is a big, you know, again, we're doing our little telescoping thing. We're zooming in, we're zooming out, right? There's the double bookings thing, which is kind of a small potatoes deal. The changes in management thing can be a big, big potatoes deal, Right. I have a gig right now that I booked like eight months in advance and they're saying, oh, everything from January on of next year, you need to resubmit to this other management company. And it's a pain in the butt. I have not done it yet. I've been putting it off, which I know that I've recommended to you folks not to do. Don't put things off. Do them when they cross your desk. It's just like a pain in the butt. And uh, it's, it's important to be prepared for that type of thing. And I mean, if it really goes wrong, you lose all the gigs. You could lose the gigs, right? Especially if you just don't have a contract and kind of just doing word of mouth, not word of mouth, but a verbal contract type mm-hmm. stuff where you're just doing a weekly gig. You don't, you know, you just kind of show up every week and they pay you and it goes on that way for a couple of years. And up oh, new management. No, we don't do music here anymore. We're doing something else. Yep. That happens. So savings, save your money, you know, and, uh, and be ready to market yourself for a new night. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing a little marketing dance here. I'm doing like a little, yeah, baby, you know, getting the flow, mm-hmm. move my shoulders a little bit. Just be ready to kind of like, you know, keep your business cards. Just be ready to like, to move on these things. Be fluid. Don't be so attached to a gig that if you lose it, your whole world is going to fall apart. You know, I've got, it's, it's one of the cool things about this job is you don't need any one gig. Really? Yeah. You, so you mentioned it last week that, uh, or on one of the last episodes that, Every gig you have now, you didn't have last year. Oh, these are all brand new. Yeah. yeah. My entire schedule is totally new from top to bottom. Yeah. So th- these things can like flow and they can be restructured and they can be replaced. But you need to be prepared, not just like physically in the nuts and bolts way for that. Mentally. Mentally prepared. Be flexible. Be flexible. Be be ready to lose a gig. Think about, do your little baseball exercise. I'm standing in the outfield. There's a man on second base. Uh, what happens if it's a grounder? To, you know, what, what happens if it's a base hit? What do I do? Be ready for that in all kinds of areas, right? Where, what happens if I lost this gig? What would I do? Well, I'd go look for another gig to fill that spot. That would be one thing. I would, oh, thank God I would have savings. 
because I'm a good saver. Um, I would do this. I'd do that. Whatever. Reach out to the network that you've been building. I'd reach out to my network that I've been building. I'd be talking to my other local musicians and seeing if they know of anything happening. You know, just think about this. Be prepared for stuff to happen. And the more you see stuff happen, obviously, the more ready for more wider variety of stuff you'll be. Yeah. And also listen to me because I've been through about six years worth of this bullshit. So we saved the best for last. <laughs> Tough crowds. Oh, I love this one. There's a whole episode. There's going to be a whole episode on just fucking people and crowds because they can be really hilarious. Actually, <laughs> speaking of hilarious people, man, I, I hope I'm going to be able to do this story justice because it was really amazing. It's, it's really the opposite of a tough crowd. I was playing this night, uh, Sunday night. It was out of my Captiva gig. And I was on like the last hour, which it's the last gig, last set of the last gig of my work week. So I'm like, sometimes if it's slow, it can kind of be, all right, I'm ready to get home and I'll, I'll let my energy drop a little bit. And I'm not saying that I was necessarily doing that, but maybe it started to flag a little bit. And this guy comes in. This guy never said a word. He did not say a single word the entire time I know I knew him for the five minutes I knew him. He just kind of like looks around. He makes his face like, yeah, I'm digging this, you know, bobbing his head like Roxbury style. He's just like, oh, yeah, dude. He's not saying any words. This is just I'm just giving you. I mean, obviously, the only medium I have right now is words. So I'm kind of giving you his mannerisms with just my words. And he's just, you know, kind of doing this like, yeah, dude, body language, you know, kind of dancing like pretty smoothly. He's like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> he goes over to this table. He's like, kind of like gives like a like a what the fuck look like looking around at tables who are not into it. He's just like, what the fuck are these people doing? Kind of, kind of looks. What's wrong with you? Yeah, and he like gets up into this table and he just like kind of claps at him, not like not aggressively, but kind of gives him like, a, hey, you know, what the fuck are you guys doing? There's music here. Like, let's like move. Kind of, he's like dancing with them. He kind of gets them moving. He moves over to another table, kind of gets them moving. He moves over to this other table, kind of gets them moving. Now he's got three tables, kind of like dancing, and he just like starts like skipping up and down the aisles. Of this, of this nice. auditorium. Dude, this dude is like clapping. He's like the, the best hype man I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen anything like it. He had the whole place just like, woo, like fucking just going nuts within two minutes. And then he just ran off into the night. It was the most, it, it was just like the weirdest thing. It's the only time that's ever happened to me. It was just the most, I was just like, man. I, I said in the mic, I was like, man, it's not often I get out hammed. Over here, but this guy, this guy fucking... Somebody find him, guy, bring him back. This guy out-hammed me. It was amazing. I, I don't know how he did it. It was really like the guy just had some kind of energy that was just like... People just loved him. I, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I'm sure like that guy's that. a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Or, you know... He has many friends. I'm just, that guy is like just... has no problem making friends. Um, okay, so we're going to the other side of the coin here. Tough crowds. Being prepared. Again, we're going to go back to our baseball analogy. I want you to think about what would happen if everyone in the room just couldn't be bothered to look up at you the whole night. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody's tipping. They might give you a look of mild annoyance. That's the best you're going to get. Think about that. What do you do? How do you react? All right? That's going to happen to you. It is going to happen to you. And that's okay. It has happened to me many times, more times than I can count. Typically... You will get tipped, even if people are not into it. Somebody will say, hey, I really enjoyed it. They're just, they're not clapping partly because no one else is clapping. And it's just like, they don't want to be the only one in the room clapping. They're enjoying the music. And part of the thing is they didn't come out here for music. They came out here to chat with their friend they haven't seen in in a month or whatever. And they come up at the end and they give you 10 bucks and say, hey, thanks. I really enjoyed your music. You were good. That will often happen at these gigs that you think are totally fucking dead. All right. So what you need to do, and I'm going to give you, 
I kind of want to give you the overview here. You need to be ready, ready for these different situations. But the nuts and bolts response to this is to do your best to keep the energy up and not don't do it in an aggressive, mean way where you're like, now I'm just going to get louder because fuck you guys. Listen to me. But do it in a way that is just like imperturbable. You are having fun. You play for yourself and enjoy your gig. Enjoy it. Have fun. You're still getting the base pay if you're listening to this podcast. You're still getting your base pay. You're still getting maybe probably a free meal. You're playing music. You're getting a little bit of experience. Like you're getting some stuff out of this. All right. Make little jokes out of it. Keep talking. Don't don't give up on them completely. All right. Uh, I know the the weird the weirdest feeling is talking into a mic trying to tell a story and no one's looking up, no one's listening. That's a weird feeling. But go for it. Keep them brief. Don't do like a long story where people are in their conversation and look up and go. This guy's been talking for fucking three minutes. Are you yeah, kidding? Short me? and concise. Short and concise little stories. Make a little self deprecating joke. You can make a little joke about how they're not responding to it. Be light, all right? But, like, these are ways you can respond, and I want you to just think about these scenarios. Think of, a, think of a worse one. Think of everyone's ignoring you except one table is actively hostile, and they hate what you're doing. And they're, like, frowning at you and sneering at you and asking, telling you in a rude way to turn it down. I bet that will happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Think about what you do then. Right. I'm not going to we're not going to get in the nuts and bolts of every single one of these situations. But think about these situations. Think about what you do. Think about what you do when the crowd is really into it. Do you take every single break? Do you take two 20 minute breaks in a three hour set? Or do you roll through and do you like let them know you're rolling through? Flexible so like, systems. Yeah. Flexible systems. Hey, that, that's it's a great way to deal with the unexpected. Do not be brittle. Don't be rigid. Be flexible. Mm-hmm. When a crowd is really digging it, you can say, you know what? I would ordinarily be taking a break here, but you guys are into it. And I'm not one to take a crowd like this for granted. I'm just going to keep rolling. Let's yeah. keep rolling. What do you guys think? Yeah. It's like, thank you so much. I just wanted you all to know how selfless and brave I am. Here we go. You know, make little jokes out of it. That's a different unexpected scenario. You weren't expecting a crowd at a dinner at a restaurant to stop what they were doing and get into you. Right. Yeah. But they did. So now what do you do? You deal with it in an optimal way. So think about all these scenarios and prepare, be prepared. Yeah. Awesome. You heard it here first. Yeah, I think first. we're <laughs> Foist. Foist. I think we're done. We are done. All right, bye. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Like, subscribe. Thank you so much. We're on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, Pornhub. Uh, what else? That's it. That's it. <laughs> Adios, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard today, check out our other episodes available on Audible, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, Check us out on Instagram and Facebook, Mercenary Musician. And if you'd like to, go ahead and email us any questions or comments you have at chad at mercenarymethods.com and peter at mercenarymethods.com. Thank you.